Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Joe Bailey studied psychology at the undergraduate and graduate levels, eventually becoming a licensed psychologist. For the past 45 years, Joe's desire to understand the connection between psychological, physical, spiritual facets of human beings has pulled him into a deeper understanding of the whole person and away from the current fragmented view. His search led to a health-based approach to counseling, prevention programs, workplace wellness, and the attainment of a personal life of peace, joy, and fulfillment. In 1980, he met his mentor, Sidney Banks, and it completely changed his world. Sidney continued to mentor and inspire Joe for the next 29 years as a paradigm shift for the field of psychology. In his career, he has worked as a marriage and family counselor, a university teacher, a trainer of therapists, an author, and a consultant to many organizations. He has been a pioneer in his profession, weaving together ideas and insights of psychology and spirituality. In his 20s, he became a trainer of counselors and family therapists and addictions and introduced ideas of primary prevention of addiction to the treatment profession. Joe helped pioneer a revolutionary new psychology, the three principles psychology, which focused on seeing and actualizing health rather than the current disease model. These principles form the basis for psychology as a principle-based paradigm rather than our current fragmented view. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Joe Bailey. How are you doing, sir? I'm uh, doing great today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, well, it's, it's going to be uh, quite a bit of opportunity for us as the listeners uh, to hear from your wisdom, your, your work, and the things you've done. So, uh, we're ready to just jump into it if you are. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Cool. So I really, uh, because you're a first generation of uh, student of SIDS, I really would like to just start there. Like, what was it like or how did you come into meeting SID or the understanding? And then we'll just we'll start at that platform and go yeah. from there. Well, I'll give you the short version of that because. OK. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I guess I was just a, you know, I was uh a searcher trained as a clinical psychologist and but i originally thought about being a catholic priest and got disillusioned with that but i was very interested in the spiritual and the psychological and so i decided to become a psychologist and i just found that there was something really missing in the field of psychology the, the therapy it just it was dealing more at uh, a superficial level you know with behavior and with thoughts and and so I was always searching and, you know, studied yoga and meditated and went to the Zen center, <laughs> and, you know, and, but it was like two separate worlds, the spiritual and the psychological. Yeah. And so I, I didn't really have what I was looking to give my clients. I wanted my clients to be happy. I wanted them to find mental health, but it seemed that all, all my training was about treating their illnesses, treating their diseases, treating their symptoms, their problems, going back into the past, mm -hmm. labeling them, diagnosing them. And so I looked at people through that filter. And as a result, 
of seeing pathology everywhere, including in myself, I became burned out mm. and uh, disillusioned and fantasized about quitting the profession. I thought, oh, maybe I could go into my father's nursery business or uh, do something else because uh, it was just not getting at the root of what was really the essence of a human being. Yeah. And how they had this potential for happiness. And so, um, you know, I, I was a, a seminaraholic. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I was going to workshops and trying to find something a little bit better. And then uh, my friend Keith Blevins kept bugging me and sending me uh, tapes of Sid Banks. And at that point, I'd grown cynical, Rob. I was just, you know, I'd kind of given up. Yeah, yeah, this is just all BS. And, yeah. and so when he sent me the Sid tapes, I just didn't even listen to him, to be honest. But he was persistent as my best friend. Yeah. And one day he called and said, well, Sid's going to be speaking at the University of Miami Medical School. You should come down. And by the way, there's this gal we want you to meet. Uh, her name is Michael. And I think you two would really hit it off. And so that was kind of the bait. Shout out Dr. <laughs> Blevins on that. That was a very good way to get you. <laughs> he knew me. He knew me well. He's always looking for the woman that's uh, going to make me happy. And um, so I went to Miami and I met Michael the first day before I met Sid. I picked her up from the airport. And it was love at first sight. We fell in love that weekend. Mm, that's beautiful. And, We've just celebrated our 39th wedding anniversary last week. Congratulations. So, wow. Something stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and that night I met Sid Banks and I didn't know what I was getting into. And I was super intellectual, super analytical. And everything Sid said, it just, it was like I was torpedoed. My thought system was torpedoed by his truth. Yeah. And it just collapsed my entire belief system about psychotherapy, about psychology, about, but at the same moment, that mind-body connection came together, the spiritual and the mm. psychological. He saw them as one. He stopped the duality that mm -hmm. I was feeling this, always going back and forth looking for the spiritual and fixing the psychological that there was one in the same yeah and when i heard that it just made my heart calm down and i felt on the one hand i felt like i found the truth that mm -hmm. this is exactly what i've always been looking for and at the same moment i wanted to run the hell out of the room because <laughs> it was yeah. so threatening yeah it was so contradicting to what you already understood yeah and i i and what i was proud of and what i'd accomplished and yeah. my ego and all that and but i knew it was true and i i couldn't get it out of my head and 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 so i didn't know if it was just falling in love or i'd found the truth or but i i came back from miami a, a whole different person and my yeah. work changed from that day forward going working with people my clients started getting well instead of just coping with their problems yeah. And um, then Chris Heath was down the hall in the therapy building I was in and she, what happened to Joe Bailey, you know, and she got really curious. And <laughs> uh, I brought Roger Mills into town to speak at the University of Minnesota and invited about 150 therapists to come hear him. And uh, Chris was the only one that heard anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chris. Day. I, 
Oh. Like all of my yeah. aunt and the principals. So I, I love speaking to her. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she and I go way back and, and we started the Minneapolis Institute of Mental Health together. And, you know, just, uh, you know, life, it just exploded after that. My whole life changed. And I was, began meeting regularly with Sid. He was my mentor for his whole life. And uh, it was uh, just really I hit the lottery yeah. for mental health. You know, I just felt like I, I'm the luckiest person in the world. And it's allowed me to kind of go through life knowing that whatever happens, I'm fine. And just trusting in, in that inner guidance uh, instead of trying to figure out how to make something happen or do it just to really trust. And what I found happened in my own life is I just got really lucky. Yeah. You know, it's just like things just drop in my lap. For the last 40 years, just I feel like I'm um, uh, just on a magic carpet ride, you know, just yeah. letting go of the controls and just letting it happen. And it's been just an amazing life. So uh, grateful. I absolutely love that. Really? When I came in contact with the principals, the new I was fresh out of the military. I'd spent 21 years there. I knew life is this. Right. And before that, I grew up in the inner city, uh, low poverty areas, not as bad as the Modelo project that Dr. Mills worked on, but a lot of violence and, and gangs and, and drugs in wow. that neighborhood. So I had a, a different understanding as well uh, of life and how I truly believe everything was dictated upon those external circumstances. And this, this waking up to an inside out understanding absolutely changed my life not saying things aren't don't happen that i'm sad about or things like that but i know i'm okay i know i'm okay family members dying all of that still hurts still painful but i'm okay yeah i'm okay yeah. you're resilient yeah well, we we are designed to survive and and i just love what this understanding has done for that so let me ask you this then since this understanding hearing what it was like in a professional career before has burnout been have you faced that thought about it has it been anywhere near the way it was before or does it even not even exist to you well i would say burnout ended six weeks after i met sid my burnout disappeared Mm. And it, it was kind of insight by insight, but I just started seeing that where my stress of being a therapist, where my stress of being a single parent, where my stress of uh, my finances was coming from. It wasn't what I was thinking about. It was that I was thinking that mm. I started waking up from a daymare continuously when I get caught up in my thinking and I'd start realizing Oh, it's just my thought that's yeah. giving me this experience. And then my body would relax. And like you said, that you're designed to repair and to heal physically, but also psychologically. You know, as soon as the mind gets quiet through consciousness, through that insightful awareness that I'm creating this experience through thought, it just changes my entire feeling my emotional state yeah. and in that state we have more insight we have a clear mind and we can see the same circumstance 
with with uh, more objectivity, with more clarity, with more creativity, with more uh, responsiveness, so that you can respond to the changes that are going on in our world with wisdom and understanding and love versus anger and hurt and reaction and fear and anxiety and all of the turbulent emotions that we can often find ourselves. And I still have all of those emotions, by the way. Mm -hmm. I still have all of those thoughts that I've ever had. Yeah. I just have my psychological immune system outweighs the, the, the power of the diseased thoughts in my mind that can cross through any of our minds. And yeah. for me, this is like uh, in the age of the pandemic, it's like the mental health vaccination. It's the, it's the, the vaccine for the mind that will allow humanity to move forward in all of the challenges in the, you know, of climate change and, you know, racial uh, um, strife and uh, racism and uh, poverty and um, political division and all the things that, that are in the news every day yeah. uh, that you can get really feeling hopeless and despairing about. But with an inoculation of the principles, people can thrive and can uh, transcend the problems of our time and unlock that resilience that's in each of us, that capacity to, to cope, to rebuild, to recreate. Um, and that's, uh, that's what, you know, during the, the pandemic, the lockdown, I, uh, I actually was asked by a publisher to write a book about this, you know, how the principles could help. And so I began writing uh, a book and I began interviewing lots of people in the three principles community mm. because I saw my colleagues and friends who understood the principles were doing so great compared to people who <laughs> didn't have the understanding. Understanding, yeah. We got to share this with the world. And so I interviewed people in healthcare, uh, people working in prisons, you know, Jacqueline Hollows and the Beyond Recovery Boys. Mama J, yes, we Mama love them. Mama J, Mama J. <laughs> and Mavis Karn and uh, so many people who have had chronic disease or people going through a dying experience, uh, police officers, uh, uh, Miss Beverly and, and um, um, Beverly Wilson Hayes, who worked in the projects in Oakland. Uh, Coliseum Gardens. Yeah. yeah. To illustrate the power of this understanding to change the world regardless of circumstances. Yeah, the so. vaccination of the mind. Mm. I like that. The Jonas Sock of uh, mental health. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Given yourself um, an accredited and an accomplished psychiatrist and Dr. Blevins and all of the amazing practitioners we have in your words why is it that you feel many of the medical field or the professionals don't adopt this giving the evidence of impact we've seen with how people lives change well it's kind of like you and i rob or any human being you know when you're living in the ego when you're living in your personal thought system and you hear like when i heard said the first time it was really threatening it, it was frightening. Mm -hmm. It scared me because it, it 
it threatened my whole structure of belief that I had created about life and myself yeah. and the world. And, and so my heart goes out to my colleagues in psychology and psychiatry and other professions because they have invested their whole career studying and developing a reputation and a curriculum and blah, blah, blah. And if to hear something that completely blows that up <laughs> and destroys it, takes yeah. enormous courage or desperation to put aside what you thought you knew to hear something that's of a completely different paradigm. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not an adjustment to or an addition on, it's a completely different foundation of understanding. So it doesn't surprise me because in, in the medical field and in psychology uh, and in all fields of science, um, when new developments, you know, like Einstein and with Newton and all these people were called crazy, insane, uh, their colleagues wouldn't listen to them. They yeah. fought with them. Uh, Semmelweis, who discovered germ theory, uh, an infection and uh, led to, um, you know, the whole methodology of infection control and sterilization and all that. He ended up in a mental institution. Uh, they fired him as the director of the, the medical center he was in. So it's wow. not, it's not every time there's a true paradigm shift, it's resisted for at least a generation. Usually it takes 40 years for new ideas to be integrated. So I feel like we're just, we're now at that now 40 years since I met Sid and his insight was like 48 years ago or whatever. I don't know the exact number, but we're now entering an era where the collision of the need for mental health has never been greater because of the challenges of globalization, uh, world economics, um, uh, authoritarianism versus democracy, uh, Pand global pandem pandemics before we didn't have airplanes carrying the germs all around the all world. around it. yes true we traveling everywhere right it <laughs> stayed in europe or it stayed in africa or wherever it started but now it, it whatever you got is it's, it's going to go everywhere and so we have unique problems and we need wisdom and love and understanding to solve them and the three principles is the missing link the, the first chapter in my new book Thriving in the Eye of the Hurricane is called, We Are Living in Interesting Times. And I go through the history of scientific evolutions, revolutions, and how uh, past pandemics and past crises led to scientific breakthroughs and transformations. Yeah. So the missing piece now is the understanding of the mind and the oneness of mind and spirit the spiritual and the psychological duality needs to be erased in order for humanity to come together in peace and in harmony and in a way that can confront the problems that we are facing at this unique point in history. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, Einstein once said, you can't solve problems at the level of the level thinking, thinking that created, that created them yeah problem. so the level of consciousness has to change and that's what 
that's what the paradigm shift is about. This is this is, and I and I don't you know I don't feel, just I'm I'm blown away by how much this has spread. To be honest, you know, when I got involved, there were maybe six or seven psychologists, just a handful of people who were uh, courageous enough to listen or desperate enough to listen to Sid (laughs) and hear something. Um, And um, and we were, you know, like uh, alone in the wilderness when I started speaking about this with my colleagues and I was very well respected in Minneapolis in my work. People thought I was crazy. You know, they thought I was on drugs. They, They had all these theories about what, why is Joe so happy? He used to be so miserable. Like, <laughs> and so there was, it, it was, it was frightening to lose a lot of, of my credibility with my professional colleagues, but I, that I couldn't turn back. Once you see the truth, you can't turn back. It's just yeah. no way. But little by little, it was the, the clients that began to change. And then a lot of our clients ended up being therapists that came to us because they were burned out and they started changing. And so they became the principles people. And so you see over time at the last uh, 3P conference in London, there were people from 38 countries there. Yeah. Every continent. Oh my God. I mean, you know, it's a small percentage of the world, but it's huge. Really, when you think about it, you know, because it's very it's going out very organically mm-hmm. it's not going to go out because harvard university okayed it it's going to go out through word of mouth it's like a virus a positive virus that's going to spread and there's no immunity to mental health there it's going to it's going to take over mm-hmm. i think that's no my, i love i love hope. that i love like that. a positive mental health virus because when you're around a joyful person it's attractive when you're around someone who really listens you lean in you feel loved you feel understanding so that feeling is attractive it attracts curiosity how come you can feel this way in the same circumstance i'm in and i'm miserable and you're you're like at peace or you're coming up with solutions. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. Like when I worked at Mayo Clinic, Rob, uh, I coached the CEO there and he heard this so deeply. He, when he would go into meetings with his department chairs, where there was conflict, he was the, the voice of reason and wisdom in the room, the calm, quiet voice of wisdom. And people, it would just be, people would turn to him and, wow, that, I can't believe you just summed up everything that we've been trying to say just so succinctly. How did you do that? And they got curious. And so then he, he saw, I want to bring the principles to my staff and my 6,000 employees. <laughs> and so we started with the, the department chairs. And did, Keith Blevins and I did a retreat with the whole department, all the chairmen of all the departments and their spouses. And it was it was challenging. I mean, these are all Harvard, Oxford, PhD, yeah. it, super educated. It was holy shit. How did, Sid? What do I do now? 
<laughs> but but uh, little by little, people heard something, and they would change the way they ran their meetings. And even though we didn't work with all of the staff, we worked with a small percentage. We worked with all the leaders, and over that course of the four years, the burnout rate went down dramatically in that institution. Mm. Even though, because they the leaders affected all their employees, people started almost by osmosis yeah uh, pick it up well like you said once we see it you can't unsee it it yeah. it just it just totally changes the way way we do life um wow so let's let's shift real quick because i want to get people to find you okay i do want people to find you because i love hearing you you speak so if you could tell me a little bit more about the book and where we can get it when it's coming out um and and where people could go for your work so um if you want to learn more about my work or my books that i've written my videos and that you can go to my website joebaileyandassociates.com uh, i'm also doing a podcast series on my new book and interviewing the people that are in the book and that is every third week so i'll be interviewing um you know the next what i think jacqueline hollows and the Beyond Recovery Boys, and I think I'm going to be doing Michael Neal uh, in September, and you know, just lots of different people. So that's also uh, a way that people can learn more about what the book is about. Uh, the book is called Thriving in the Eye of the Hurricane. It's my sixth book. I can't believe I even wrote one book, much less kind <laughs> <laughs> of freaks me out. Um, uh, Unlocking Resilience in Our Turbulent Times, and that'll be out October 12th but it's already available on pre-order through all the book websites, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, et cetera. That's how people can learn more about me. Um, I really do have a question that I would like you to speak to at the end for the wisdom. And okay. that's, can you just talk to intellectually trying to process the principles versus hearing it in your heart? Well, let me answer that in a, with a, an example. Okay, even better. Perfect. Yeah. Passing this on through a feeling rather than intellectually. I mean, how do you pass on the principles? What, what immediately came to my mind, Rob, was this, this morning, just before I spoke to you, I, I spoke to the, the guests at Gulf Breeze Recovery, a treatment center in Florida that's uh, foundationally based on the three principles for treating all kinds of addictions. And so I met with the, with the, the guests there and, and I just uh, said, I'm going to not just give a talk to you today. I, I want you to ask me questions. Just ask what's on your mind. What, what are you worried about? What, what, are, what are you afraid of when you leave treatment is going to happen? What, what is it that you are doubting about what you're hearing? Just anything like that. And when they would ask a question, it triggers my wisdom. It, and so what I say comes out in a very fresh new way, tailor-made for that person or that group at that time. It, I don't have a preconceived idea of what I'm going to say. I'm responding on a 
almost a intuitive psychic level to that level of the group. And my job as a trainer, as a teacher, as a therapist, is to remove my personal thinking from the equation mm-hmm. and to be present and really listen to my audience, to my client. And when my heart hears their true curiosity and true question, it's like mind touches mind. There's like an open channel there. And the principles come out, not in a formula, but in a unique creative description that fits that person at that moment or that audience at that moment. And for me as a trainer of counselors or trainer of coaches, my, my goal is always to help, first of all, to realize that you, you can't teach what you don't know, what you're not living. You have to find this very selfishly for yourself first and on an ongoing way. Not, oh, I got it. No, it's, there's more. There's always infinite depths of levels of understanding. So we're always just on the beginning of seeing the next insight and the next insight. And when we're coming from our own groundedness or curiosity and living as best we can this, and and that we're human and sharing that we get caught up in our thinking just like everybody else, it doesn't mean, oh, I've arrived at nirvana, I don't ever have to. No, the principles um, are a compass and a GPS that when we get lost, we can be guided back to sanity and to love and understanding. But we all get lost. We all get off track. And I think that helps my clients more than anything is to realize this isn't a there to get to. This is a ongoing process of unfoldment and understanding and re-realizing, realizing it again and again and again to keep so that it's because a concept is even if it's a really truthful concept, it doesn't have the life in it. It's like a picture of really good meal versus eating a really good meal. <laughs> you want to have it fresh and hot off the, the out of the oven, right? And uh, that's the way, to me, this gets transmitted is through, some people call that through a feeling. I would say it's transmitted through aliveness, through your own living of the principles and being responsive to the needs of the client or the group or the organization you're working with. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.